On today's Locked On Yankees, the Yankees drop game two to the Guardians, 4-2 in extras. We'll talk all about it. Nestor Cortez's performance, the offense being inept, especially Aaron Judge, and uh, all that good stuff, all coming up on Locked On Yankees. You are Locked On Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Stacey Gotsoulias. I'm a former baseball writer turned podcast host, and you can read some of my old work on the Hardball Times. I think it's still up and possibly on Baseball Prospectus. Anyway, you can subscribe to Locked on Yankees on every podcasting platform available, including Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can subscribe to us on YouTube. Please hit the thumbs up button and the bell. Thumbs up is for likes. The bell is for notifications so you know when our videos go up. And uh, yeah, thank you for making us your first listen every day. This is the second show of the day. Unfortunately, it's not going to be a good one, meaning not going to be good as in positive because there was nothing positive about today's game. Maybe that it was played. I think that was the positive thing about today. But other than that, no, (laughs) no, there was nothing positive about it. And it looked good at the beginning. Stanton hits the two run home run off Bieber. And you're thinking, hey, this is a good start. And then you think to yourself, "Mm, I don't know, because in some series, when teams get off to a good start and score first, they end up blowing the lead. And that's what the Yankees did, although it took them all game to blow the lead, took them till the 10th inning. Between the first and the 10th inning, there was a whole lot of nothing happening from the Yankees offense. Now, Nesta Cortez went five innings, gave up two runs, gave up a home run to Rosario that tied the game at 2-2. And he was having some issues. He got out of a jam in the fourth inning. Actually got out of a jam in the third inning too, right? And just wasn't looking Nestor-like. In some instances he was, but it wasn't the kind of outing that you would have wanted from Nestor Cortez. But he only gave up two runs in five innings. Now the rest of the bullpen did a good job keeping the Guardians from scoring. And then the 10th inning happened, and Jamison Tyone came in. And there was a bit of bad luck there for him, and that's a bit of a bummer. But I don't understand why Jamison Tyone was higher on the totem pole than Clark Schmidt, who had been coming out of the bullpen all year. It's game two, not game four. This isn't, this shouldn't have been a panic move, and it almost felt like a panic move from Boone in that situation. It felt very odd. Didn't feel as bad as the Davy Garcia starting a game and Jay Happ coming in in the second inning move against the Rays in 2020, which I will never shut up about. I will be an old person in a nursing home, knock on wood if I make it that far, in my 90s still complaining about that. That's what it felt like. And again, it was bad luck for Tyone 
some weird stuff happening there. The Guardians scored two runs in the top of the 10th, and then the Yankees, inept offense, can't do anything. And at that point, Giancarlo Stanton was already taken out for a pinch runner. That was, I get the move. Tim Locastro is a lot faster than Giancarlo Stanton, and you wanted the chance to score. But of course, the guys behind him didn't capitalize when the Yankees had something going, and then you lose Stanton's bat. So that was a bit of a problem. And then, you know, the Yankees can't do anything in the bottom of the 10th. So this isn't over by any means. It's just tied 1-1 going into Cleveland. The problem with this is because of the rain out yesterday, if this series goes five, the Yankees in Guardians will have played Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I still don't understand the break between games one and two. All right, I get it because they wanted to showcase one league on one day and the other league on the other day, but I still don't get it. Just do four games in a day. People watch the games. People have means to watch the games at work, on computers, on iPads, on phones. Like, who pays attention to old school ratings anyway? It's all about streaming. We watch it on streaming. We have Hulu and DirecTV stream in my house now. We cut the cable. So I don't understand MLB's reasoning there. The break between one and two was dumb. I'm going to say it because the rainout screwed them. And I said it on the show this morning. It felt like a 2006 thing. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm very wrong. But this feels like a 2006 thing. The good thing is the Yankees have Severino going for them tomorrow. (laughs) Thank goodness. And I feel good about Sevy going tomorrow. But I don't know. I feel like Boone was managing in sort of panic mode. And he could have left Peralta in longer. Actually, definitely could have left Peralta in longer and those guys did a great job as I said the only one who gave up runs out of the bullpen was Tyone and it wasn't entirely his fault so yeah 4-2 10 innings and uh we will talk more about that in a moment but first let's talk about bet online because betonline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season find all the latest player developments team matchups news podcasts and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find and as always bet online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up to the minute scores for every sport out there bet online is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events including major league baseball mma boxing and golf head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more bet online where the game starts thanks again for making locked on yankees your first listen every day subscribe now to locked on yankees on youtube or wherever you get your podcasts so you get notified when each episode premieres the offense the offensive offense. <laughs> this was a frustrating game. It was a very frustrating game. It also wasn't the greatest called game by the home plate umpire, Jeremy Rehack. I'm not sure how to say his name. It's spelled R E H A K. I'm assuming it's Rehack. Jeremy, my man, what's with the low strikes? 
He called one on Rizzo that was egregiously bad. Rizzo ended up walking in that at bat, but Judge got victimized by the low strike. Yes, I know. 0 for 4. He's not looking good, but it doesn't help when an ump takes an at bat away from you. You know, when you have at bats where it goes from 1 1 to 1 2 instead of 1 1 to 2 1, and the batter is in the advantage, it really screws things up and it wasn't just against the Yankees he was making horrible calls against the Guardians as well I saw it on Twitter there were Guardians fans complaining about him and I was complaining about him I wasn't the only Yankee fan complaining about him but a lot of us were and I'm not going to entirely blame the ump but they need to do a better job at having umps who know what the strike zone is because anything below Aaron Judge's knees is not a strike it's, it's not a strike. We're five years into his career. Can you guys get this right? I don't understand. <laughs> I, I really don't understand. So the rest of the lineup, you know, again, as I said, they didn't really do much. They only had six hits. And the Yankees also had two errors, which didn't really help. So Judge was 0 for 5, Rizzo 1 for 3, Torres 2 for 5. Okay, he did something. Stanton was 1 for 3 with that home run. Locastro, after he came in to pinch run, he was 0 for 1. Donaldson 0 for 2, but he walked three times. That's something. Oswaldo Cabrera, 0 for 5 with three strikeouts. Mm. Isaiah Conner-Falefa, 2 for 4 with a walk. And Trevino had an 0 for. Matt Carpenter came in to pinch hit, 0 for. Higashioka came in to pinch hit in a big situation, bases loaded, and he actually hit the ball off Class A. He actually hit the ball well off Class A, and line drive. Right at Ramirez. Just such bad luck, because the first two swings that Higashioka took... I thought to myself, he's striking out on three pitches, which against Emmanuel Class A is not unheard of. That man is unbelievable. He's one of those Cleveland pitchers that you need to be scared of. And he did a great job. I mean, he comes into the game and he ends up pitching two and one third innings, gets the win, only gives up a hit, walks one, strikes out two. And, you know, the Yankees had to use seven pitchers Cleveland only had to use four you don't want to use seven pitchers when you have all these games in a row and you're going to Cleveland Whew, yeah yeah so it wasn't a good day for the offense but Aaron Judge needs to wake up a bit he needs to wake up because um (laughs) he's not looking good at all and as I said the low strike call doesn't help But that's not the only thing hurting him. He just doesn't look right. He doesn't look right. And I don't know if it's the combination of him trying to get to 62 and the Yankees only playing two games in the last nine days. Like, this is too much of a layoff now (laughs) because of those two off days just now that happened because of the scheduled day off and the rain out. Now, I will say today's weather was beautiful and good for the crowd showing up. I was impressed with the fact that the crowd was as big as it was at a 107 game on a Friday. So to all you people who were able to get out of work, good for you. And I mentioned this on the show this morning on the pregame show that in 2006, there was the rain out uh, for game two. I believe it was game two. And 
they rescheduled the game for the next day, one ten in the afternoon. And I told you how I told my bosses I would make up the hours. I forgot what I did was I went in in the morning, worked for four hours, and then took the train up to the Bronx and then came back to work and worked for four hours to get my eight hours in. That's what I did. Because there was another time I had to make up hours and I kind of split them up among the days, but I made them all up in that that one day. But yeah, this feels like 2006. In that regard, I'm feeling a little more confident with this team. They just need to score a little more. The key is Judge, because he didn't even hit on Tuesday, but he got on base, he stole the base, and then Rizzo hit the home run. Now, if Rizzo had just hit a single, he would have scored from third because he stole the base and then the throw got away. But Aaron Judge needs to get on base. That helps the Yankees out a lot. No matter how he gets on base, they're a much better team with Aaron Judge on base. And that needs to happen. Didn't happen today. That's why they lost. I mean, he's not the only reason why they lost, but, you know, you have your one big bat, 0 for 5, with four strikeouts. You're not going to win a lot of games. You know? Yeah. So in a moment, we'll continue the post-game show. I really was hoping this was going to be a happy show. (laughs) Uh, But it's not. Uh. Anyway, in a moment, we'll discuss more about this game and probably have quotes because it's, uh, pro- what is it, an hour after the game ended? I'm, I'm assuming there are quotes now, so we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah, so the big blow, I mentioned Higashioka. That was the eighth inning, and they got three walks off James Karinchak and then Class A got Higashioka to line out to leave the bases loaded. That would have been the first time, if that wasn't a line out, if that had gotten over Ramirez's head, at least one run would have scored. And Cleveland's bullpen came into game two, having tossed 13 and one-third scoreless innings in the postseason. So up to that point, it would have been even more than that, and the Yankees could have snapped it, but did not. And that was rough. But yeah, the big thing was they were quiet after Stanton's home run. That could have been the start of something great. And it just didn't happen. What a bummer. What an absolute bummer. And the funny thing about the Stanton home run was the fact that He got pissed because the ump that I told you about earlier in the show screwed up. It would have been a walk on the 3-1 pitch, but the ump called it a strike. And Stanton was pissed. And then he hit the home run. So thanks to the ump, because if it wasn't for him, I think maybe the Yankees wouldn't have scored. Actually, I know they wouldn't have scored because they wouldn't have. They didn't (laughs) after that. So, uh, okay, sure. Thank you. Jeremy Rehack for that, at least. But again, Stanton being taken out for the pinch runner. I get the move because he doesn't run as fast as Tim Locastro, but it really hurt them. Because Stanton's had some good at-bats in the playoffs so far, and 
taking that bat out of the lineup, it's just not... I mean, what can you do? You don't want to risk him getting hurt either on the bases, trying to run if someone behind him hits. But with the way the offense was going today, did it really look like anyone was going to hit? (laughs) No, it didn't. So tomorrow's matchup, Luis Severino against Tristan McKenzie. This will be interesting. The game is at 737 on TBS. McKenzie is 11 and 11 with a 2.96 ERA, 190 strikeouts for the season. Obviously didn't do that in the postseason. In the postseason, he doesn't have a decision. He pitched in the game on Saturday that went 15 innings. Has 0.00 ERA with eight strikeouts. Luis Severino for 2022. 7-3 with a 3.18 ERA, 112 strikeouts. This is an interesting matchup. Tristan McKenzie is amazing because he's really, really thin and he looks like he could be knocked over in the wind (laughs) he's also a hometown boy he was born august 2nd 1997 in brooklyn and he was drafted by the indians in 2015 he made his debut in august of 2020 now heading into the playoffs in his last seven games of the 2022 regular season. He was two and one with a 2.27 ERA. And that is in 43 and two third innings. He gave up 34 hits, 11 earned runs, only seven walks, 48 strikeouts, and his whip was 0.94. That's pretty good. Now, Severino came back from an injury, and in his last three starts, he threw seven innings against, uh, I almost said Houston, Texas, got the win on October 3rd, didn't give up a run, didn't give up a hit. That's right. That was the almost no-hitter. One walk, seven strikeouts. Didn't get the decision against Toronto on September 26th. Pitched four innings, gave up two runs on three hits with three walks and four strikeouts. And then against Pittsburgh, when he came back from his injury, five innings, got the win, one run on two hits, one walk, six strikeouts. Now, both offenses have issues. The Guardians do have issues. They lucked out in the 10th inning of this game, but they don't, they tend to get shut down by good pitching. We saw it in the game on last Saturday, the 15-inning game in Progressive Field. So it'll be interesting to see how Game 3 goes. Let's hope that Seve can last six innings, maybe seven, because the bullpen is going to need a rest at some point. And Aaron Boone said that Cole would be going in Game 4 in Cleveland. And that if it comes down to a game five, he will not do a bullpen game. At least that's what the beat writer said. So maybe he heard my show this morning when I was begging him to not do a bullpen game for game five. (laughs) I'm just kidding. We know he didn't do that. Anyway, 
So the Yankees drop game two. All is not lost. All is not lost. They can still win the series. It's a five-game series. They just need to be smart going into Cleveland and take game three. Game three is a big swing game. That's what they need to do. So yeah, game three tomorrow, 737. Seve against McKenzie should be a good one. Hopefully some of the guys on the offense will wake up and we'll have something good to talk about when Monday rolls around. And if something happens before Monday that's in a good way for the Yankees, We'll have an extra show. But for now, that's it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Remember, you can listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Again, like and comment on YouTube as well. And click the bell notification so you know when our videos go up. And now that you've made us your first listen, how about making your second listen the Locked On MLB podcast? MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and a unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories from around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. One more thing, if you could be so kind, please rate the podcast and spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans. We would really appreciate it. So enjoy the weekend. Hopefully we'll have good things to talk about. And I'll talk to you Monday, Sunday. We'll see.